Come on, can we just stand up and honor God this morning? Come on, if we can just play that refrain again. I will bless the Lord at all times. God's praise shall continually be in my mouth. I know you're looking at me, but this is the part where we participate, right? That we can just give God a hand clap of praise because he's been so good. If we can just give God a hand clap of praise because he's been so kind. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, songwriter says, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. When I think about what could have been and I think about where God has me now, I can only lift my hands and say thank you. You're not feeling me like I need you to because it could have been you that was hit by that bullet that was meant for somebody else. It could have been you that was caught in that car accident, but God spared your life. It could have been you who was found outdoors without food, without clothes, but God has been good to you. You got a little bit of money in your pocket, got a little bit of food in your cupboard. He's worthy of praise. Amen. So don't look at me, but lift your hands. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. The scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so if he's been good to you, if he's made a way for you, he's worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. He's worthy of praise. We go crazy when our favorite football team is playing. We go crazy over our favorite artist, but how about we just go a little bit crazy for the God of our salvation? Amen. Can we just give him one more shout? Just one more shout because he's been so good. Amen. Amen. Uh, I am, I am, if you can tell, for those of you who haven't uh, been here with me when I was here before, I'm an excited preacher. I'm excited about God. I'm excited about God's faithfulness and his goodness, and I refuse to let the rocks cry out for me. You know that scripture, he says, if you don't do it, then I'll make the rocks cry out. But we were born, we were created for this spirit of praise and worship. We were born, we were created to lift up holy hands and to raise our voices in celebration of a God who's been so good, even as we've not been so good, that his goodness does not cease, even though we may find ourselves in moments of confusion and heart break and hurt. God's faithfulness is ever present. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, morning by morning, new mercies I see. So if you're excited about new mercy, can you just slip your hand in the air and let the enemy know that you're not going to sit on your praise this morning? Can you slip your hands in the air and let the enemy know that he's lost again? That you're not going to sit silent, that you're not going to be passive in your praise and worship of our King, of our ever-present King, of our ever-loving Father, that our hands are raised and our hearts are lifted in the direction of the one who loved you so much that he sent his son to die, that he loved you so much that he didn't stay dead, but he rose again with all power in his hands. And so our hands are raised and we honor you, God. We bless you. 
We honor you for your presence in this place. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. And we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come and worship you in the beauty of holiness. That we get to worship you in spirit and in truth. And so our hands are raised. Our hearts are open. Our minds are clear that you might speak to us in a way that would liberate us, Lord God. That you might speak to us in a way that will bring healing, Lord God. That you might speak to us in a way that might bring liberation. And we'll be careful in everything we do to give your name all praise and all glory. If you can just join me, I think you might know this song. It simply says, Holy Spirit, you are welcomed here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Sing it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood. Come on, sing it like a prayer. And fill your glory, God. What our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence. Lord, sing it again. Say, Holy Spirit, you are what we need your presence, Holy Spirit. Come and flood this place. Your glory, God. One more time, sing it, sing it, sing it to him, sing it to him, sing a holy Come flood this place. about it's not about a charismatic movement but it is about a heart of gratitude it's not about denominational affiliation but it's about celebrating the king of kings and the lord of lord who has been so good it is about our sincere desire for the presence of the lord to move and rule and rest in our lives and so if that is your desire would you join me just one more time in singing that refrain is it okay can we do it is it all right help me sing it one more time we say holy Come flood this place.
here. Your presence, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for your presence. We recognize that we can't do a thing. We can't say a thing until we feel your presence. I will not move from this place until you bless me. I will not move from this place. I won't move another further. I won't go one step until I feel you securely in my heart. I want to feel you in my mind. I want to feel you in my spirit. And I will not move. Won't make another step. Until I feel you. It's your glory, God, that our heart longs for. We don't glory in ourselves, but we rest in your glory to be overcome by the awesome presence of God. That's our desire. That's our prayer. Not ruled by a clock, but focused on you who stepped into time that we might be. And so we don't rush past the moment of praise and worship, but that we honor you with our whole hearts. Our hearts cry out, more of you, more of you, more of you. Remove us and fill us with your presence. Fill us with your spirit. That when we leave this place, we go into the culture. And those we come in contact with us, Lord, they have to say, oh, there goes a child of God. Do it, God. And we'll be careful to give your name all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Because you are indeed worthy. And the people of God who love God may say, amen. 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 It feels good in here to me now. Feels good in here. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, worship team, for that. I know we didn't plan that, but you know, God shows up and God does what God does. What's up, Hope Long Island? Wow, that was a quiet response. You know, I, I'm the kind of preacher, we're going to be talking to each other a lot, so let's just kind of get used to it. Can you just grab your neighbor by the hand right now and just tell him, I'm so glad to see you in worship? Uh, you looking at me. Don't look at me. Look at your neighbor. Find another neighbor and say, you look good this morning. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I am excited to be here uh, with you here in Long Island, uh, Long Island City. Amen. Long Island. Long Island. Let me get it right. You say, we love you, Hope, New Jersey. Not so much, right? Uh, but I'm excited to be here uh, with you and with my friend, Pastor Finn. Uh, and we bring you greetings from Hope Midtown. Uh, and we're excited about what God is doing here uh, in Long Island through this branch of Zion. So can we just one more time celebrate your pastor? Give your pastor one big hand um, for the amazing work that you guys are doing here uh, in Long Island. There is... Uh, indeed, a word from the Lord, so I want to hurry up and say my little speech and sit on down so we can get into our day. Is that okay? 
Amen. Uh, if you talk back to me, I promise you we'll move a lot faster. If you don't, we're going to be here for 12 days. So I know you don't want to be here for 12 days. So just talk at me, uh, and we'll get this thing moving. Amen. If you have your Bibles, why don't we open them up to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 9. Pastor Finn at first gave me an assignment, but then he said, let the Lord use you. Uh, and so if I am invited back, if I do come back, we'll look at Judges uh, like he wanted to originally. But 2 Samuel chapter 9, 2 Samuel chapter 9, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 13. When you have it, say amen. If you don't say wait for me. Okay, because it's on the screen too. I see it. There it goes. Let us read it. I'll read it aloud. You may follow along silently. It literally says, and David said, is there still anyone left of the house or the family of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? There was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. Somebody say Ziba. Uh-huh. So they called him to David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, is there no one left of the house or the family of Saul to whom I may show the goodness and graciousness of God? Zebra replied to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan, one whose feet are crippled. Somebody say lame. Uh-huh. So the king said to him, where is he? And Zebra replied to the king, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Somebody say Lodibar. Yeah, then the king David sent word and had him brought from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodibar. Mephibosheth the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell face down and lay himself down in respect. David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. David said to him, do not be afraid, for I will certainly show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and will restore you to all of the land of your grandfather, Saul. And you shall always eat at my table. Again, Mephibosheth lay himself face down and said, what is your servant that you would be concerned for a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul. Somebody say everything. Uh-huh. And to all his house, you and your sons and your servants shall cultivate the land for him, and you shall bring in the produce so that your master's grandson may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do according to everything that my lord the king commands. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table as one of the king's sons. That's enough. The word of God for the people of God. I'm going to put a tag on this text and for the time that is ours to share. I want to preach with this thought, leaving Lodabar, leaving Lodabar. In fact, can you just look at your neighbor? We're going to talk to each other a bit and just tell him it's time. Uh, 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 come on now. You're looking at me. Look at your neighbor and tell the neighbor it's time to leave Lodabar. Amen. 
Lodabar was a town in the Old Testament in Gilead, not far from Mahanaim, north of the Jabbok River in ancient Israel. Uh, it is mentioned in the Hebrew Bible as the home of Machir, who is the contemporary of David. Lodabar, beloved, was considered to be a ghetto. Somebody say ghetto. Yeah, it was the hood. It was the hood. Uh, and it, it, it is usually believed to be the same as Debir uh, in the tribe of Gath. The word Lodabar uh, is literally translated as no pasture, no word, or no communication. The word Lodabar is literally translated as no pasture, no word or no communication. And so I wonder if anybody here, I, as well as we look, as good as we look, as great as we have it together, I wonder if anybody here knows anything about a ghetto, a place of no pasture, a place of no communication or no word. It's a desolate place, Lodabar was. It was a silent place, Lodabar was. It was an isolated place. Lodabar is a ghetto. It is a place of no pasture. It was a place of no word or no communication. It was a desolate place. It was a silent place. It was an isolated place. This place is significant to us today because it was the dwelling place of Mephibosheth. Uh, somebody just say again, Mephibosheth. Uh-huh. Mephibosheth rests at the very center of our sermonic sharing today. Who is Mephibosheth, you wonder? I'm glad you asked. Mephibosheth is the son of Jonathan and the grandson of King Saul. Jonathan, you may recall, was the best friend of David. Uh -huh. uh, this same Jonathan is the son of King Saul who desired to kill David in a fit of jealous rage. Mephibosheth was born into this family, and Mephibosheth's name literally means from the mouth of shame. Now, you're looking at me like, what does all of this have to do with anything? Stay with me because we're going somewhere. Not only does Mephibosheth uh, reside in a place of isolation, not only does he reside in a place of silence uh, 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 and desolation, but he does this from a position of brokenness. Can I put this all together? Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth resides in Lodabar. Lodabar, we know, is a ghetto. It is a place of silence. There is no word in Lodabar. It is a place of isolation. And Mephibosheth is born into the family of King Saul. King Saul was the one who had it in for King David. He wanted to do David in. He sought to kill King David in a fit of jealous rage. Mephibosheth, who was the center of our sermonic sharing, his name literally means from the mouth of shame. He's born in a place of silence. He's born in a place of isolation. And he does this from the position of brokenness. Mephibosheth is lame, brothers and sisters. He is crippled, brothers and sisters. He is immobile, brothers and sisters. And have been broken, have been crippled, had been immobile since he was five years old. Do watch this. To the carelessness of one who was charged 
charged with his care, Mephibosheth was dropped. Somebody say dropped. Uh-huh. He was dropped by one who had been charged to care for him, and he was left disabled in a place of desolation, isolation, and silence. I wonder why we're talking about this, you're wondering. All of this becomes significant for us because as we are now in the middle of the year 2019, the only difference between Mephibosheth and ourselves is a name. Went right over your head. I'll give it to you again. We started this sermon talking about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth who was broken, who was lame, who was born in a place of silence, no word, and isolation. Uh, And that may be the place that if we were honest with ourselves today, we'd have to admit in 2019 that we too may find ourselves often in a ghetto, in a place of silence, in a place where we feel isolated, in a place where we feel there is nothing but desolation, no possibility. Does anybody here ever have that feeling that you find yourself broken, you find yourself dropped by one who was supposed to take care of you, dropped by one who was charged with the covering of your heart, and you find yourself in a place of silence where you can't get any word There's no communication. In fact, you're isolated from everything and everybody. You were dropped in a place where you were left literally to die. Has anyone ever felt that way emotionally? Has anyone here, if you're honest with yourself, on a Sunday morning in Long Island, that you found yourself in a space where you felt like you were all alone, left to fend for yourself, dropped in a place where there's no provision, dropped in a place where there was seemingly no hope, dropped in a place where there's no word to get you through. That is the place where we meet Mephibosheth. Somebody was careless in the space that should have protected him. Somebody was careless with him in a space that should have been nurturing to him. Does anybody here know a thing about that? Uh, Not feeling safe in the place where you should feel safe. Not feeling cared for and nurtured in the hand of one where you should feel cared for and nurtured. For some of us, it's a broken place in our families. That our families are fractured to the place where even though we're in the gathering of family, we feel alone. We feel isolated. That there's no word and that we've been dropped by the very ones who were charged with loving us. That is where we find Mephibosheth. He's been dropped broken, lame, and I wonder in all of our opulence, in all of our sophistication, that if we were to open this altar right now, would it be flooded with those whose hearts are broken? If we were to open this altar right now, Would it be flooded with those who find themselves in a deafening silence? Broken hopes, broken dreams, broken promises. If we open this altar right now, it would be flooded with those who find themselves in an emotional ghetto. 
So that if there's no financial lack, there is emotional lack. In a ghetto where there is, where there is spiritual lack, if we open this altar, would it be flooded with those who would admit I too am broken? I too have been dropped. And if so, there's good news for you. There's good news for us who find ourselves dropped and broken. There's good news for us who finds ourselves in a space of perpetual silence. And we meet that good news through Mephibosheth. At the outset of this text, we meet King David who inquires about those who are left over from the house or from the family of Saul. And this becomes significant to us as we really understand who David is. We're clear about Mephibosheth right now. But what becomes significant is who this David is. Who is David? This is the same David who penned many, if not most, of the heartfelt songs in the hymn book of Israel we call the Psalms. In fact, he penned about 76 of them. Who was this David? This is the same David who penned the words, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that be that rise up against me and say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. This is the same David who wrote the words, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. This is the same David who wrote unto the Lord, Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. This is the same David who wrote, Our Lord, O Lord, how Excellent is thy name in all of the earth. He wrote, when I consider the heavens, the works of thy hands, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? This is David, Jesse's son. This is the same David who slew Goliath with just a few stones and a slingshot and it is the same David whose musical prowess and musical abilities and obedience to God catapulted him to the seat once held by this, watch this, King Saul. This is King David, beloved, who was Jonathan's best friend, yes, but who was a man after God's own heart. But none of that mattered to King Saul. None of that mattered uh, uh, to Jonathan's daddy, who had a hit put out on David that was based in jealousy and mental instability. King Saul wanted to do in the one who did in Goliath because he couldn't keep his mind together to do it himself. So it becomes significant for us as we try to understand uh, when we hear David asks, who is or is there anyone left of Saul's family? If so, I'd like to show some kindness to him. 
Can, can, you, can you see the, the context here? That we find Mephibosheth who was born in a place of brokenness, lame, dropped by someone who should have cared for him. And now it is David, the king, who asks now, where is he? Is there one left of the family that tried to do me in? Huh? Do, you, do you see the significance here? Is there one left from the one who tried to kill me so that I can show him kindness? Uh, 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 the question was born, beloved, out of, of a promise brought back to mind. Uh, what are you saying, Doc? Well, here's what I'm saying. Uh, that the relationship between David and Jonathan was such a, that David promised that, that no matter what happens, I've got you, brother. We are thick as thieves. We're connected. And whatever happens, you don't ever have to worry about me turning my back on you. I know your father hates me. I know your father wants to do me in. And that's okay. Whatever happens. You don't ever have to worry about me. And so this promise becomes significant because now we find King David in a space where he could enact retribution. We find King David in a space where he could enact paybacks. But instead, he now is awakened by a promise to do good. What are you trying to say, Doc? Here's what I'm trying to say, that there are many of us who have been born into situations where we carry the burden and the weight of the failures of a father. Huh? That, that, that. And so since the father didn't get the drama that he deserved, we now stand in line to pay for the sins of the father. Many of us shouldn't be sitting here because of what mama did. Many of us shouldn't be sitting here because of what daddy did. Ah, but there was a promise from the beginning. And it is that promise of kindness. It is that promise of love. It is that promise of care that is brought back to the mind of David. Is there anybody left from the house of Saul? I know why you're looking at me like that because you go, that doesn't mean anything to me because I'm not akin to Saul. Okay, then insert your daddy's name. Is there anyone here left from Addison Seraphine's house. Why? Why? The very question would make me nervous. My daddy was a hellraiser, if I'm going to tell the truth. I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to go back to St. Thomas because of some of the stuff my daddy did. But there was a promise that had been made. That had been brought back to the forefront of the one who deservedly might want to do me in. And what does he say? I want to show him kindness. What's your point? The Lord will shape the mind of your presumed enemy to do you good. In the place where you thought your enemy was going to take you out, don't hate on your enemy. Don't do them dirty because it could be the very one that is your presumed enemy that can open the door for you. You're not feeling me like I need you to, right? It's that boss who you thought was going to do you in, but he's the very one who said you up for promotion. It's that professor who you thought was determined to keep you away from that degree, but he's the very one who's going to walk you down the aisle to get the degree with commendations. Don't hate on your enemy. 
on your presumed enemy because the Lord can reshape and refashion the mind of one whose original intent or determination was to take you out but now has to lift you up. David asks, is there anyone from the house of Saul? And so what is the response? Well, sir, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> there, there, there is one. There is one from David, uh, from King Saul's house. Yeah, yeah, are you still upset with them? There, there, there is one. I, I, know, I know Saul had a hit put out for you. Uh, is this payback's time? Uh, uh, there, there, there is one. Who is he? His name is Mephibosheth. His name is born of shame. His name is broken. His name is lame. He is sequestered in a space of silence. He is sequestered in the ghetto of desolation. He is buried in the space of brokenness. There is one left. His name is Mephibosheth. And he was born in shame. Can I hang that just for a little bit longer? Because there are some of us who have been born in shame. Shame, yes, of a deed that we've done. Or shame of a thing that's been done to us that we've been forced to sit on in silence. He was born in shame. Sisters, I'm on your street, I'm in your side, I'm on your side, I'm in your Kool-Aid, because there are a lot of you sisters who have been carrying the, the, the shame and the mark of abuse. Be it sexual, emotional, financial, uh, or in your relationship, you've been dropped in a place of silence and desolation where there is no word. Is there one left? Yes, she's born of shame. She's been abused. She's been broken. Not just the sisters, but brothers. It's hard out here for brothers. Not just black ones either. I'm, I'm including all of us in the vernacular. In a system that does not necessarily want to see you flourish, yes, there is one. And David says, good. Good. Because to the one who was broken, to the one who's been dropped, to the one who's been sexually abused, to the one who's been financially mismanaged, to the one whose spouse is not holding their heart rightly, I want to show kindness. I want to show kindness. I want to show mercy where mercy is not expected. I want to extend grace 
where grace may not necessarily be deserved. How many of you know that we don't necessarily deserve God's grace? But in this, it is the picture of God who is saying, is there one in Long Island left of a wayward people who have constantly turned their backs on me? This is God speaking now. Is there one of a people who are so wishy-washy? Is there one left from that family who in the beginning I said was good and very good, but they found ways to take me off at every time? God could do us in, right? Because we're not always honoring him in our money. We don't always honor him in our relationships. Many of us find ourselves in places of brokenness because we've not always lived in a way that will honor God that would lift us and keep us whole. Amen or ouch. <laughs> and God says, God says, uh, uh, through, through this text of David, God says, I want to show kindness. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to show you kindness. Uh-huh. Look at your other neighbor and say, grace is coming. God is looking for you. Yeah, and so here's what I love. Here's what I love. Uh, he says, yeah, yeah, there's this dude, Mephibosheth. And, and he's hanging out in Lodabar, in that ghetto, in that desolate place, in that silent place, in that isolated place. And watch what the text says. The text says, and so David sent word. You missed it. Rewind, press play. Can I give it to you again? Uh, 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 he says, he says, is there one left from the house of Saul? Yes, there is one left. Yes, there is one left. His name is Mephibosheth. And so David sent word. Oh, I, okay, I know we don't shout and kick over uh, pews in here, but, but that was a shouting moment right there. If you coming from my tradition, that's the thing where you like throw your hands up and be like, yeah. Why is that significant? David sent word to a place where there was no word. David had word sent into a place where a person was languishing in isolation. What's the good news? There is no place you can be where God cannot get you word. There's no brokenness too deep. There's no sin so dark. There's no drama so heavy. Sexual abuse cannot hide you or keep you from a word that will change your life. Financial depravity is nothing to the mouth of God who seeks to get a word that will lift you out into prosperity. He sent a word. <laughs> he sent a word. He sent a word to Mephibosheth in Lodibar. And the word was, it's time to go. I know you've been hanging out here for so long since you were five, broken and ashamed, isolated and silent. But here's the word for you, bruh. It's time to leave Lodabar. That deserves a hand clap right there. 
Because that's an announcement to somebody here. It's time to leave. Lord, in fact, will you help me preach to your neighbor and say, neighbor? Oh, come on now. You got to do better than that. Neighbor, it's time to leave Lodabar. Okay, do it like a black preacher and put some Baptist Pentecostal on it. And do it like this for me. Say, neighbor, it's time, it's time to leave Lodabar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to leave that place of brokenness. It's time to leave that place of silence. But here's what the word is. Watch this. It is a word that means release. (laughs) I feel like running. It's a word that means release. And that word release means that we've been held captive by a thing. And I wonder if there's anybody here who's ever felt captive by a thing. Can we be real up in here? Some of us are dealing with sexual captivity. Some of us are dealing with financial captivity. Some of us are captured by the demon of addiction. But the word to you in that dark place is you've been released. Y'all don't know when to shout. We've been talking. You've been released. That word release means to be set free. Set free. To receive from the bounty of a good and gracious free to partake of the generosity of a God who looked at you in the beginning and said, you're good and very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you've been through this. I know someone dropped you. I know you felt alone. But here's the word. You've been set free. And so you can come about of that depression. You can come up out of the bounds of addiction. You can come up out. You've been set free from the stronghold of confusion. You've been released. And in that space of release, feed me until I want no more. The text says, Okay, he's been released. Mephibosheth has been ushered to the king's table. And watch what the king says. The king says, uh, 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 Mephibosheth, all this is yours. (laughs) You missed another shout. (laughs) Mephibosheth, all of this is yours. Huh? Huh? That's what God says. When you come up out of that broken place, when you come up out of that low place where you couldn't see a thing, hear a thing, get a thing, God says, everything is yours. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That degree that you thought was impossible, guess what? It's yours. Uh-huh. It's yours. That marriage that you thought was all but over, like you couldn't hear God, even hear your spouse, guess what God says? Since you've been released, guess what? It's, uh-huh, help me preach on a Sunday morning. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You went to the bank, your FICA score is jacked up, but because you've now been released from the bonds of financial mismanagement, the bank guy has no other choice but to say approved, 
approved, approved, approved, approved. It's yours. You've been dangling in the depression of a diagnosis where the doctor says, listen, there's nothing more we can do for you. Hospice is your opportunity and prepare your funeral. But because he is a doctor who's never lost a patient, you go back to the doctor and they go, I don't know what to tell you. The cancer's gone. I don't know what to tell you. Diabetes is no longer an issue because you've been released. Worship team, you can take your place. Come, if that is the order here, because we're about to land the plane. Uh, leaving Lodabar. Leaving Lodabar. We're family here, right? Amen, we're family. So, here's the question. Who's ready to leave Lodabar? Only three of you? Only four? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's ready? Who's ready to leave that place of silence? Okay, here's another question. Well, we can be real. Go ahead, replace them. Go ahead and just play something soft. Medicational. <laughs> that was a joke, meditational. But who here will admit I'm dangling, Doc? I've got moments. Can I be real? I don't know what the hell's happening. That's just real, amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't hear God. I feel far from God. I feel like I've been dropped. And I'm ready to throw in the towel. Is there, is there anybody other than myself who feels that way? If, if you're here, will you meet me at this altar? Just meet me at the altar. Just meet me at the come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Help me. Are you here? Who's there? Come. Don't be ashamed. This is a moment where God says your leaving happens here. The altar is open. Come. I see you, sister. I see you. There are others. I saw your hands. Will you meet me? Meet me. Because today is the day. You are leaving Lodabar. Today is the day where you get release. The altar is open. And I want to pray that the bounds that, keeping, that are keeping families down, you're leaving Lodabar today. The word has been sent. And the word is released. At least release from brokenness, release from depravity, release from disconnectedness. You are you have a your itinerary is set. Lodabar from this day forward is no longer your address. And so, God, in Jesus' name, I thank you. For these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight who have come to declare, I heard the word. My bags are packed and I'm ready to go. The word that I was supposed to preach in Judges, it kind of fits here. I got you, Pastor Finn. Where Gideon 
was charged to take over and lead his and lead the kingdom into this place of freedom and he goes with this large army and God says you've got too many people you got to release some how is this applicable doc here's how it's applicable because in Lodabar you may have some attachments that cannot move with you into this new space and so as you're leaving it is also a moment of serving eviction I serve notice on depression I serve notice notice on brokenness I serve notice on confusion that in the name of Jesus you cannot follow me into the new place and the new thing that God is doing I'm leaving Lodabar and all of the lies and all of the issues and all of the isms it's not coming with me I'm leaving I'm out deuces and I'm stepping boldly into the new thing that God has for me and I do so with tools. I'm not taking old habits with me. So if financial issues were it, I leave financial impropriety behind and I step into good stewardship. If it is reckless or, or irresponsible or, or, or non-sanctioned relationships, then baby Baba, you cannot come with me into the new thing that God is doing. I release you. You've been evicted from my life. And I stand in the power of the Holy Spirit that will comfort me in my lonely places. Perhaps it's a health issue that has you feeling isolated. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Rapha. The God who heals. And so I speak healing to every blood condition. I speak healing to every heart condition. I speak healing to cancer. I speak healing to, to asthma. I speak healing to diabetes. That the blood covers you. And it washes white as snow. And so here's our declaration. Lord, I'm yours. Do with me what you will. Cleanse me. Purge me. That as I leave Lodabar, Lodabar stays behind. That the bonds of Lodabar are not just broken but destroyed. And I stand in this new thing that you are doing in my life. Jesus is my Savior. He's the Lord of my life. He now has complete residence rule and reign in my life. Thank you for dying for me. But even more, thank you for raising for me. Thank you for rising with all power. Because it's that same power that allows me to boldly leave Lodabar and sup from the king's table. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for not doing me in when I deserved it, but for lifting me up and wrapping me in grace that says I'm your child, that you made a promise to me and you've never broken one. I thank you. I bless you. 
I honor you. Can we all stand around the sanctuary? Because though you did not come to this altar, there are those in your family who may be languishing. And we can stand in the gap as a body of blood-washed believers. We can stand in the gap under the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost to say, I stand in for my brother. I stand in for my sister. I'm standing on behalf of my mother. I come on behalf of my uncle. My best friend has lost his or her mind. God, you're able to regulate the mind. I'm standing in the gap. And I'm believing you to do the impossible. I'm believing you to do what the world says can't be done. And not only am I believing you to do it, but I'm claiming it done in the name of Jesus. In the name that is given above every other name. At the name of Jesus that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he's Lord and he's able to do what no other power can do. Come to the altar. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood. Come on, everybody sing it out loud. Come to the altar. Precious blood, oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood. The pre- 